Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very libido-driven episode of the Weekend Superheroes Podcast. Wow. Today is Thursday, May 17th, 2018. I'm Sean, and sitting with me always is Pat and Steve. Filling in for Darius, we have Griff. How are you guys doing today? Uh, you know what? I'm good. I don't know. It's throwing my game okay. off not having Darius here. I'm going to be on it. But I feel like it's like... More often than not, it's like filling in for Darius. Yeah, I know. It's getting pretty weird. Yeah. Big shoes to fill, Sean. What is that supposed to mean? It's Darius. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his feet? They're gigantic. <laughs> Steve, who did we talk to last time? We talked to Reverend Howard Storm. Shared his uh, near-death experience with us, which was pretty fucking crazy. And uh, told us what he heard, saw, and felt when he died. You can check that episode out. And also go to Amazon and buy his book titled My Descent Into Death. A second chance at life. He was amazing, guys. Please go check that out if you haven't heard it. But our topic today is just a bit different. It's the young and the restless. We're going to meet some couples who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. They swear that the secret to staying together is not having secrets at all. That's right, kids. Today we are talking about swingers. And then there's no standard definition of swinging. It's defined as a context in which married couples or couples in committed relationships consensually exchange partners for sexual purposes. <laughs> now, for those of you listening that are completely disgusted by this lifestyle for whatever reason, allow me to remind you that the divorce rate in this country is still between 40 and 50%. Staggering. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. staggering number. Yes. Also, get the stick out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. There's probably a swinger or two in that population as well. But why do marriages fail in the first place? Here's our first study show. So, <clears throat> studies show, and this goes back to 2011. 2011, as always on the weekend superheroes. Studies show, according to marriage.com, the top five reasons for getting divorced in America. Number five, any guesses? Um, being Sean. Uh, <laughs> gaining weight. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> number gaining four. weight? Yeah. What about number four? Everybody? <laughs> it's not losing weight, is it? <laughs> <laughs> number four, uh, constant arguing. Number three, allow... Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know what? This, this podcast is getting a Number three, lack of communication. Number two, that paper. Everybody wants it. Money. Mo money, mm. mo money, yep. mo money, mo money, more problems. And number one, infidelity or cheating on your partner. No consent. Wow. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's right. Now, no, no, this does not mean you should start finding people to swing with right now. This lifestyle is not for everyone. But I think you'll find that if you practice this lifestyle carefully, it can be beneficial for both you and your partner. But we'll get to that in a minute. Before we continue, we have to distinguish swinging from other forms of free and open love lifestyles. Many people will confuse swinging with open marriage or polygamist ideologies. But what actually is the difference? Yeah, so I did a little bit of research, and uh, from what I can tell, an open relationship is, is really kind of a, a catch-all term for any sort of non-monogamous relationship. So it, it can include strictly sexual arrangements, uh, emotional relationships, or you know, any, of, uh, any combination thereof. Um, polygamy is an emotional relationship involving three or more parties. So it's, it's definitely a relationship, emotional kind of attachment. So swinging is really something that couples do as a couple. So it, it's not an emotional attachment. In fact, most swingers make rules that there cannot be emotional attachments. So it's really just about sex or as they call it, play. Okay, now 
With swinging, the plan is to keep the primary love for the original spouse in the forefront. But critics of the lifestyle argue that partner swapping is adultery. And that goes against every fiber of what marriage is actually supposed to be. By definition, they're actually right. But you have to separate out the term cheating. Because with swinging, there's something called consent. And that consent is between all parties involved. So, our... <coughs> what the fuck is consent? <coughs> I thought Darius wasn't here. <laughs> so, are non-monogamous relationships healthy? Or will jealousy and intimidation inevitably destroy what was once a happy marriage? Let's actually ask the new guy, Griff. You're a married man. Do you believe that non-monogamous relationships can work? Oh, I see why you asked me here now. Asked me? Uh, oh, I see <laughs> why, why did you... you asked me? <laughs> I didn't ask you nothing yet. I see why you asked me here now. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew I was here for a certain reason. I looked around the table. We were having some drinks beforehand. And I realized... I'm the only married man here right now. Right, absolutely. So uh, we've actually got uh, people from all stages. My wife might listen to this. (laughs) No, she won't. (laughs) (laughs) We we know your wife. She's not not a chance in hell. Yes or no? No. Uh, Why is that? No, I don't believe they can work. You can get attached. You get too attached when you start getting physical. You, You can set the rules, and it might go good the first or second time, and then next thing you know... You get too caught up in it. That's fair, but what if you don't uh, keep in the same uh, routine yeah. schedule? Yeah, yeah what, what if it's a one-time hit-it-and-quit-it kind there of thing? There we go. What, and, and what if you keep swapping and, out? And say so you only do it on vacation, so you'll never see these people again. There we go. Oh, that's just straight cheating. Not if Not you're if doing it together. Knows. Oh, if you're doing it together? Yeah, say so uh, you're on vacation. No. And no, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work for me. Well, I don't know about other people. Apparently, it works for other people. It would not work for me. Well, I mean, you can't I even satisfy your wife, let alone two oh, women. Jeez. <laughs> hey, Pat, you're getting married. Uh, do you believe well, that... Not if she listens to this. <laughs> do you believe that adding another couple into the mix could strengthen your relationship? Uh, I don't know about strengthen. I mean, I think it comes down to a kind of a personal thing. Uh, you know, I guess if... You know, she wanted to try it. I'd be open to thinking about it, but I mean, how do you be the one that suggests it, right? That's your. That's the biggest. That's your fear is you being the one to suggest it. No, I mean, I, I don't even necessarily want to do it, but just how do you even broach that subject? I just don't know. Ask it's, it's me, honestly Pat. never. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's honestly never even occurred to me, really. I mean, but you know, as a guy, I mean, we all watch porn, right? Isn't that every guy's fantasy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, I can show you my browsing history. If you're wondering who said, yep, that was Steve, by the way. So hey. we talked to a married one. We talked to uh, someone who's engaged to be married. Steve, you're a single guy. Um, what do you think about swapping partners? Uh, you know what? Me, personally, it's it's kind of strange. If I'm involved with somebody, like, I don't want somebody else in there. Because of jealousy or another reason? <sighs> yeah, I mean, that and, like, if, I mean, if. But what if she wanted to do it? What if she came to you and was like, Steve, this would be really <laughs> hot. There we go. Uh, see, I don't know if I'd still be I don't know if I'd be down for it though. I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. Yeah, like if I'm in, if I'm involved with somebody, like not even for a devil's threesome with two women. Or two men. Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you're on to something that's a little different. Yeah. No, I mean, if I'm involved with somebody, like, I don't know, I'm kind of just in with that person. But if it's just like kind of like a casual thing. And she was like, hey, so we're just kind of dating right now. And like, uh, my best friends in town. What, yeah, what about? <laughs> I'd be like, I mean, if you're down, I'm down. But Steve, serious question. Would you ever cross swords with me? 
like we haven't already. <laughs> Who hasn't? I should have said again. I crossed it out, but I, I see where we're going with this. It's amazing. Now, even though the research on this group of people can date back all the way to the 1960s, because of the secrecy of people involved in this lifestyle, very little research was ever recorded. Turns out people in this lifestyle, they aren't always keen on admitting it. However, the research I did, I found it always led me back to one study. Pornhub.com. <laughs> <laughs> the Electronic Journal of Human Sexuality, or the EJHS, or the... Idjus. Nice path. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 3, this was put together by Dr. Curtis Bergstrand and Ms. Jennifer Williams, now Dr. Jennifer Sinsky. Yeah, a lot can happen. Evidence of wife swapping has been around since the 16th century. It has been reported for the first time in the media as wife swapping. Uh, this term later fell off the radar because it objectified women and left the men out of the description well, entirely. Until ABC brought that show up. Uh, ABC? Wife swap. Uh, wife swap. Oh, was that an ABC? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. sexual. They just sent women to live with other families for like a <laughs> week or whatever. How they the go. Back, back behind the scenes was on Showtime. <laughs> you missed that. Wife swap after yeah. dark. Yeah. In America, experts agree that, sw that swinging was a natural progression of the free love movement. That began in the 19th century. It became especially popular between, between 1915 and 1925. Mainly oh, wow. That's a lot earlier than I thought you were going to say. Absolutely. But I was thinking like Flower Child. I was thinking Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. But you're only thinking, but this was only in the New York area. It became super popular. Then, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking with my dick. <laughs> then following World War II, key clubs arose. Uh, Air Force pilots swapping wives during social events called uh, key parties. Anyone know what a key party is? Oh, I do, I do. Oh, all right, well, what's a key party? <laughs> uh, so actually, a, uh, a key party is where you and your spouse um, arrive at a party with a bunch of other spouses, and usually the gentlemen uh, end up taking their keys and putting them into a bowl or a bag, um, go throughout the party and socialize, have some fun, and uh, have some drinks, of course, and then uh, at the end of the party, when it's time to go home, the, uh, the females uh, that are attending this party end up picking keys from the bowl, and uh, usually the keys that they pick, um, whoever they belong to, uh, go end up going home with that woman and, you know, kind of do whatever she wants. So do they make their decision on the size of the key or? <laughs> <laughs> Call the locksmith. Well, that's interesting you said that. That's interesting you said that. And here's the reason why. Um, there was actually a movie that was out called The Ice Storm in 1997. And uh, it was with Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver. And in that movie, they actually had little keychains that were attached to the keys that kind of gave a little hint as to maybe who owned the keys. So my here's my question. Uh, could I put, like, my house keys in and then my car keys and then possibly uh, some <laughs> kind of a locker key <laughs> and just walk home with three? I, I don't know the rules. Keep I don't know the locker works. at the bus station. What are you going to do this? Like Start leaving my gas and water bills in there. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Adam does with the freaking Chinese auction baskets. He just, puts, yeah, he just yeah, rigs them. Fold it. Yeah, slightly. just fold yeah, it. Maybe that's the way to go. And that's how you win. Mm, who knows? So it didn't actually hit suburban America until around the 1950s. This was the advent of more organized house parties and partner swapping. Then, of course, came the 60s and the 70s or the hippie era. The free love-based swingers movement exploded. Maybe you guys have... Uh, heard about this particular era. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember anything from the 60s or 70s. <laughs> <laughs> everyone having sex with everyone. Um, that sounds terrible. Right. 
But I got a question. Did the swinging lifestyle die with the hippies? What kind of people are still involved? Remember Dr. Jennifer Sinsky, the one I just talked about before? Sure. Well, I tracked her down, and I asked her if she had more recent numbers to help me understand the prevalence of modern-day swingers. Dude, it's still big time. Turns out she and Dr. Bergstrand wrote a book all about swingers in the 21st century. She was awesome enough to give us a lowdown on the swingers amongst us today. And here she is. Hello, weekend superheroes. My name is Dr. Jennifer Sinsky, and I'm a sociologist who has studied and done research on swinging and swinging behaviors, along with my co-author, Dr. Kurt Bergstrand. We published a book in 2010 based on our research that we did in 2000. Our book title is Love, Sex, and Marriage in the 21st Century, Swinging in America. The population or the numbers of people out there that identify as swingers has been really hard to identify because swinging is considered still today a taboo behavior in the United States. We are very much a monocentric culture and we value monogamy even though we don't necessarily remain monogamous. We encode monogamy in our legal system. It's against the law to marry more than one person. So there's a lot of pressure on people to remain monogamous and people that come out as being swingers or having sex outside of marriage are often um, sanctioned for that behavior. So you can imagine that it's very difficult to do research with swingers, which is why an online survey provides some level of anonymity to uh, people um, and they can feel like they're not giving away their identity. As far as the number of swingers in the United States, uh, research really doesn't agree. And again, we go back to the idea that this is taboo behavior, so people don't want to report. Um, anywhere between 2%, which several researchers found in 80s and 90s, up to 15%, which is uh, reported by the North American Swingers Club Association. So they're probably the true number probably lies someplace in between that. In our survey, we found that overall um, 75% of males and 70% of women were married. Uh, about 7% of males and 5% of females were single. And so overall we see our population were, were married and taking part in swinging behavior. Um, the average age for males was about 41. The average age of females was about 36. So pretty much what we're seeing is that these people are your next door neighbors. They might be your parents, they might be your family's friends, um, and you might not know that they were. As far as how divorce or length of marriage is impacted by swinging, as far as I know, there have not been any long-term studies done to see um, if swingers have a higher or lower divorce rate. What swingers did do was tell us about their satisfaction with their marriage. And overall, swingers identified that they either received more satisfaction after entering uh, swinging, their marriage provided them more satisfaction, or it didn't change 
their satisfaction, indicating that um, it, it provided them another opportunity to have a social life together, um, but it, it didn't ultimately uh, change their satisfaction because they were happy in their marriage to begin with. The regulars in the lifestyle differ from couples who drop out, mainly in the quality of their marriage before swinging. That is, swinging seems to enhance strong marriages and have negative effects on weak ones. That was Dr. Jennifer Sinsky. She was amazing to come on and record that for us. You can buy her book, Swinging in America, Love, Sex, and Marriage Swinging in the 21st in Century. America. <laughs> on Amazon or wherever you can buy literature. You can get it now and get more detailed information on the actual lifestyle. Although it doesn't say it directly, the Electronic Journal of Human Sexuality or the... the right. The lifestyle provides support for more marital satisfaction sexual satisfaction, and paves the way for better communication and, yes, trust. Don't believe the numbers? Well, maybe it's time we hear from a married couple still very active in the lifestyle. Our guests tonight are two honest and amazing people that have been by each other's side for over 17 years. Their fairy tale began as a high school sweetheart that blossomed into a marriage that is still going strong after seven years. They appeared on A&E's Neighbors Without Benefits, Please welcome owners of Morphogen Nutrition, Ben and Deirdre Hartman. Guys, how are you tonight? Guys, thanks so much for having us on. We're good. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to start. So, listen, every story has a great beginning. Can you guys tell us and our listeners the first time you two ever swap partners? That's, that's how we're opening, huh? <laughs> right into it. Let's do this. Yes, so we started swinging actually right after we got married, which was on, we got married on our 10-year anniversary, and we were kind of in like a sex drought, you could say. So we kind of started watching some porn and got uh, involved or interested in like swap porn, and we're like, would you ever do that? And we're like, maybe. Yeah, so... Uh... So right around that same time, I had started uh, started our business. I had created Morphogen Nutrition, and I actually took some time off from my previous career to work on that. And when I was home one day, I signed us up on a swinger matching website. He didn't tell me. Without <laughs> <Peter Nail. laughs> Wow, that's a bold move. That's yeah, the way to go. No, you want to do it Damn. that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, long story short, over a couple months, we met a lot of awesome couples. Uh, just got dinner with them and heard their stories and their whole thing. Uh, became really good friends with a bunch of them. Uh, went to a huge Halloween event that year. Uh, one of the couples that we were pretty close with at the time asked us if we wanted to get a room with them. This was a brand new thing for us, so the two of us snuck off to a bathroom to, I don't know, you know, make sure that we were ready to go and. Going, we had all these rules like yeah. set up basically. <laughs> yeah, you and know. And they were like, no kissing, no this. No, no, yeah, don't do this, don't do this. So we got in that bathroom and we looked at each other and we go, fuck it, do whatever okay. you want. <laughs> <laughs> we go, you know, I love you, I trust you, do whatever you want. It's and, fucking and go time. time. So, uh, yeah. Good for yeah, you. So, and we said, you know, if this is the worst thing we've ever done, we're strong enough to survive it. And yeah. if it's not, then it'll only strengthen what we already have. So uh, we ended up. It was a great Hook, time. Hooking up with this couple. Uh, it was super nervous and, uh, you know, plenty of awkward moments, but it was a great time. And we walked out of there feeling like, uh, you know, we had a renewed sense of our commitment to each other. Well, really that's, that, that sounds like a big do or die moment. It's either this is going to strengthen us or it will destroy yeah, us that's completely. Like, that's go time yeah. right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked to so many couples and been been around so many people that have either been in the lifestyle or been in, interested in it. And we always say, 
this isn't something you do to save a relationship or to even build a relationship. This is something that is an adjunct onto an already great relationship. If you are failing, you are probably, this will probably accelerate the process. Um, you know, especially if you have communication issues and trust issues and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're already great and you want to have, you know, more intense communication, more enhanced trust, you know, all these sorts of things, you want to have experiences together. This is the way to go. And you have the best sex after you have yeah. sex with someone else. I mean, we went home. Okay. You know, we went home. It was probably four o'clock in the morning. Cause, you know, the swinger clubs open. You know, till five o'clock in the morning usually. So we ended up hooking up with this couple. We drove back home and ended up having some of the best sex we've ever had. The remainder of you know into the morning uh, after that time. So yeah. Did you try to do like, this before marriage at all? No. So we had talked about it. Um, we talked about, and I had had some like years. girl, girl experiences in college, you know, like the typical, like, oh, I kissed a girl. Yeah. Well, I kissed a girl and I did more than that during college. Yeah. So that kind of like <laughs> sparks, <laughs> so that sparks like, are you bisexual? Like, do you like girls? So it kind of like stemmed. Yeah. So we've always put it, I mean, even, so we've been together since high school, since we were 18 and 17. And even since then, at such a young age, we put an ultra high premium on very deep, very open communication about everything. And I said from day one, if we are brutally honest about every single thing and are able to self-correct our own actions for the betterment of the other person, things will be great. But if, if we're brutally honest and we, are, and we don't last, then we're not meant to last. Um, so we had brought up swinging years, I mean, five or six or seven years prior and had discussed it. Didn't do anything with it. Yeah. I mean, like Deidre said, we watched porn and talked about a lot of scenarios and casually started to, you know move into that idea and then I, I'm pretty sure I was the creepy one that was like you know what we should, we should. <laughs> hey, hey someone has to take the plunge right, <laughs> oh, right. sounds about right yeah, yeah. sounds about right <laughs> alright so so what do you host or attend these parties is it always just a straight swap are there threesomes foursomes fivesomes I mean I can go on and on anything and everything and yeah. a lot of times nothing uh you know a lot we, of events there's too much going on yeah. and you don't do anything we always tell people so there's no black and white about uh, how enter an event mm-hmm. or a club or a party or anything is ever going to go are there huge uh unregulated orgies where nobody knows each other those exist i'm sure they exist are there events where nobody does anything and they're just mingling and kind of cautious and tiptoeing around things that exists, mm-hmm. and there's a huge spectrum of everything in between. Wow. So typically, what in our experience, the bigger the party, the the higher, especially if you have a lot of friends going or you're trying to meet a lot of people, the higher likelihood that nothing is going to happen that night. There's a lot of people you want to meet as many as you can, and absolutely meet and hang out with people. And it's like you know, especially if it's a really good party, uh, nobody, you know, on the one hand, it's like who's going to leave the party and uh, you know miss the rest of whatever's going on for that night. But the other thing is. So let's say you're in, you know, let's say there's like 30 people that are all kind of like mingling. If you have the balls to go up to one couple that you like and be like, hey, you should leave this party and we should go hook up. What if what if they say no and you're around everybody else? And then are we going to go to the next one and then the next one? So a lot of times people just don't even. So, so you don't just walk into the room and say, hey, who wants to fuck? <laughs> trying to fuck but, but Ben, ben this, there ben, are, people there are a lot of people that do that. Ben, and this, the, this sounds like being single. This sounds like being single at a bar. It and really does. Someone like, and be, like, have, having a fear of rejection. But I feel like if you're at a party and you see these people, you know what they're there for. Am I wrong? Right. Oh, yeah. And, and so these parties yeah. are definitely like no pressure situations. So it's. 
don't know it for me, at least I go to these parties and I feel really sexy, whether I hook up with someone or not, because I'm around people that aren't judging me for kissing someone or, you know, yeah, thinking someone else is attractive. It's not uh, about rejection or anything when no, we go to these no. things. And again, everybody's a little bit different because we've been to so many events because we have so many options and, and we don't have to play at a club. We don't have to play right. at a party. We, we just don't care. Usually we can usually we network and figure something else out. Like I said, the people that have to do it, that's their only chance there. There's an outlet for them. Absolutely. And they might go up to somebody after five minutes of chatting and say, Hey, do you guys want to hook up? And they're going to be like, you know, yes or no. And that's, that's totally cool. That's mm-hmm. their thing. That's generally not our thing. No. So, um, so obviously there's like a, a safety issue here with like, obviously meeting new partners that what do you guys do to protect yourselves from STDs and that sort of thing? Well, one, we use condoms for sure with everybody. And then we also both get tested regularly throughout the year. And we also ask other people we're with to get tested. So that we're going to set something up in the future. So a lot of times we like, yeah, we like to meet people because a lot of times if your parties you're going to, you're coming together with people that are from different state or different area that you would not normally see on a day-to-day basis. So we talk to them ahead of time and we like to meet them and maybe they look like their pictures or they really suck. At <laughs> I mean, so. and, and you know, you guys mentioned like, it's like being single bars who goes out to the bars right. and finds some like sloppy drunk chick and goes, hey, <laughs> back Sean. Watch the movie. by the way, yeah. can I, have you been STD tested? In the last- <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you okay with condoms? Are you, do you have a latex allergy? So when you look into the swinger community, because there isn't the, an app for that now. Uh, there are several, there are, there are apps. Are. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're looking at you're looking at these open-minded people that generally value communication, and that communication also happens not just within each couple itself, but between couples. So we, I mean, if, well, we'll just ask those questions. If somebody's dodging questions, or right. you kind of get a bad vibe, then we don't. Or if they seem super promiscuous or reckless, then we generally kind of steer away yeah. from that. But if uh, someone can't have a mature conversation about yeah. these things, we pass. The people that uh, don't put that much effort into it and don't communicate that well are generally the riskier ones. You mean like the ones that are just walking in like, hey, who's trying to fuck? All right, you're well, going? Actually, Let's go. There are literally parties that are like, you know, naked pool party orgy. And you'll walk in and there's 60 people and everybody's naked and just kind of like randomly walking in and, you know, she's sucking his dick and he's doing whatever. And like that exists. And that's, that, that's exactly why wow. I stopped going to family and, reunions. And, and where, where <laughs> just, you're describing my search history. <laughs> Griff, you had a question? <laughs> I do. So uh, do you guys have like a routine group of sexual partners? Um, do you like go to the stable and you're like, I like that one. Or uh, are you open to new partners? And if so, um, how do I apply? <laughs> uh, we have a strict no grift policy. Um, <laughs> oh my God, so do I. I have that written on my contract. It's the beard, isn't it? You might think I'm hairy all over. Shaven. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, that's not a beard I'm willing to sit on. So. <laughs> I still want you to answer that question. That's a great. That's a great question. <laughs> that was the original partners. Regular partners. Yes, we have. Yes, we have the go-to, like the home run. There it is. <laughs> yeah, we have like regular people that we see. Um, like we see more girls, probably just because I'm bisexual. So we have like girls that we oh. see regularly, and then um, 
we seek out new people like throughout the year too. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, it's you know we've been in and out for almost seven years, and things obviously evolve over time. In the beginning, when we were super, uh, you know, like eager to do all this crazy shit and we hadn't had all these adventures like we were seeking stuff out all the time and yeah. we were trying to meet new couples very actively we were on the websites all the time you know if we were trying to find you know single chicks for threesomes you know i was mad swiping on tinder like a crazy fool uh life changes you know we have two kids we have a growing business um we tend to you know go back to the the same consistent people um we try to not play with the same people super often. That kind of blends the lines of swinging versus like yeah. polyamory. Yeah, or and, and we've, we've had that sort of thing happen to us in the past and we've uh, experimented with that a little bit ourselves. Um, we just kind of know when it's like, all right, we've been hooking up way too much. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about this. So yeah. you have children now, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So how has raising children affected the lifestyle just in general? And, and two-parter, uh, eventually you're going to have to open up about this to your kids. Uh, oh, yeah. What, what's the plan there? Yeah. No, listen, we've had this, grandpar- this conversation with grandparents and parents and siblings yeah. and you name it. <laughs> and eventually when our children are old enough, they're going to ask questions. And because we've always put so much of a premium on communication, by the time they're old enough to ask these questions, we're going to have – hope is such a stable relationship with them where they, they can come to us and we can talk about things with them that – our biggest thing that we've told people is they're going to ask questions. We're going to answer questions honestly, but not graphically. Right. And ultimately at the end, even if they resent us in the temporary, in the short term, in the long term, they're going to understand that mommy and daddy love each other more than life itself. We right. respect each other more than, than anything. Very, very and cool. They're going to take those lessons into their own relationship, whether right. they have an open relationship or not. By the end, they will be better for it. So that was the, uh, the best answer literally anyone yeah. could come up with. You have yeah. so, before. I want to yeah, spend this. Your question was, how do the kids affect right. it? Uh, mm. Schedule obviously is a big part. We um, can't be as sporadic. We can't. So. Yeah, we can't be sporadic. We can't have people over here as much. Uh, our kids are still young. You know, it's like if we want to have a, a lady friend over and hang out for a couple hours, have a glass of wine, put the kids to bed. It's no big deal. Are we going to do that when the kids are seven and eight? Probably <laughs> no. not. No, no, I mean, no you just call her aunt. It's fine. <laughs> we'll babysit. Call they the call weekend superheroes. <laughs> we'll babysit. I know. <laughs> All right. So I, I need a little bit of help. So I knew we were talking to you guys tonight. I've done a little bit of research. I need some help with some terminology. <laughs> if you can help me out. So sure. what does it mean for someone to be vanilla? Vanilla... This means that they have regular, regular old relationships and sex. So it's plain. It's the plain. base. You have to hurt our feelings. I mean, we, <laughs> <laughs> I was vanilla last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're Neapolitan. <laughs> this door swings every which way as far as ice cream. No, we got it. It's all good. Uh, all right. So next, what's the difference between a soft swap and a full swap? <laughs> okay, here, here's what's funny. We had that exact same question when we did the TV show. There's like a filming, video. And there's a video guys. that's on YouTube. And, <laughs> and we get this. The ex- and it's us. And the exact same question. They go, what's a what's the difference between a soft and a full swap? And I literally go, Dieter goes, a full swap, they will go all the way. And I go. 
This is this is an audio podcast. for everyone listening. He oh, made the sorry, gesture yeah, you're all thinking he made. Yeah, that was my that was a penis popping inside of the phone. Thank you for that. Thank you. I didn't know. I couldn't see it. If that's how you have sex, I am so far behind you. I have no idea. I've been doing it wrong all these years. Yes. So soft is everything up up to intercourse, and full is intercourse. Okay. Okay. All right. Got it. And last one. How would you describe a unicorn? In the TV show, this was like part of our story. We were like the unicorn hunters because they just find us. I'm yeah. serious. So unicorns are single females that are active in the lifestyle. They're generally right. bisexual. They, they call have them sex with couples. That have yeah. sex with couples. They're called unicorns because unicorns are mythical and magical and they don't exist. So then I'm a and minotaur. Most, <laughs> and, <laughs> so they can't find unicorns, the elusive unicorn. But when you're open and everybody knows, <laughs> it's very easy to find them. And they, I mean, we've been sought out quite a bit. Ever since the TV show, people come to us constantly behind the scenes and ask to have an experience. Oh, so yeah. unicorns huh. do exist. Oh, shit. So unicorns. And far more unicorn unicorn, unicorns. And now actually. unicorns are coming to you and saying, I'd like to be involved. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Women that have had bisexual tendencies or urges and haven't been able to explore them or have thought about a threesome and didn't know how to approach anybody, didn't want their friends and family to know. We have been an outlet uh, for safe exploration for quite a few unicorns in our Unbelievable. day. Unbelievable. I want you to meet your most recent unicorn, Steve. Yeah. Steve. <laughs> Steve, you had a question for yeah. them? I have a question for uh, both of you guys, actually, to answer separately. What was the best and worst experience you've had in this lifestyle? The best one, I guess, we had this unicorn over, and she was like an Energizer bunny. Like, we literally had sex with her, and Ben came like three times. The Crazy. thing is, in it's swinging, great. guys don't always finish because right. you're not trying to finish before the other guy. It's more of a guy. Um, thing. And especially like in a threesome situation, you're not trying to disappoint two women when you are used to disappointing one. There so we go. That's right. you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, this girl was really fun. Um, she was really hot. She was into both of us, and she was one that approached us, and we entertained it, and basically – she had us up all night and then was single for about one day. And then the very next day, she was, in the morning, was we in literally We literally got done having sex with her. We went to Taco Bell <laughs> at like 3 o'clock. <laughs> oh, my and God. She, that's my marriage. She was texting some guy. And the very next morning at like 11 a.m., yeah. she was in a relationship with him on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Taco and, Bell, that's fine dining. No, sure. they, that's where you want to go. Well, is love our first taco? Would you say that was the that was the uh, best experience for both of you? Same. Um, for yeah. me, yeah. Uh, in terms of just pure sexuality, I'd say that was probably the one of the better ones. Um, in terms of my favorite, oh geez, uh, come on, Ben. Fuck, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the spot. Here. Uh, I would. I would probably agree. I'd probably go with that one. Uh, in All terms right. of the worst, yeah. uh, both of us, so years ago we met up with a couple, they messaged us online, and the guy, it was basically the guy said, listen, my wife wants to try playing with a woman, I would love to watch her have a threesome with a couple, and just watch, and we're like, okay, we've never done that, cool, so he sent his wife out to a bar, we met her, uh, she was awesome, we hung out with her for several hours drinking and whatever, go back to their house, this guy is a fucking troll, and I'm talking like, <laughs> no, my, my name is Pat. <laughs> yeah. uh, Griff. It was so bad. Yeah. So uh, 
and once we got there, we, and we were still very early on in, in our lifestyle experiences. So we were, uh, we were, you know, less into declining situations where now we'd be like, Oh fuck. We're well, getting we were out. trying we're to make here. the best of it. We were trying to make the best of it. So basically the woman started to try to push her husband on Deidre and we realized pretty quick that he, he, so, he sold us on a threesome. He told his wife that she was scouting a couple to bring home for the two of them. Oh, and we're wow. like, this is a shady situation. Oh, yeah. So I, so I dodged a bullet. I said, look, uh, you guys are great. You're very you know, hospitable. We're in your house. Uh, we don't play with couples on the first date. We like to get to know people and then we'd like to go home and discuss it. So why don't Deidre and Christine have an experience and the husband and I go, why don't you and I just watch? And he's like, great, we can do this. So we start doing that and typically in the lifestyle you groom or at least like try to this is like a she was like a 38 year old 120 pound little blonde woman beautiful woman yeah and she takes her underwear off and has like griff's beard oh no (laughs) (laughs) now i'm always gonna see a vagina on griff's face <laughs> Just shave it off. Griff. We ended up so the girls ended up playing with each other. Uh, the guys ended up playing good. with their own wives. So Dieter and I were kind of fucking next to them while Dieter and the girl were making out. And okay, the other but. husband tried to slowly creep his hand onto Dieter, and I grabbed him. And he looked like I was. He looked like he was gonna pee if he had pants on. He looked like he was gonna pee his pants, and I just shook my head real slow. No. And he slowly pulled his hand back, and, and then I fucking railed Deidre, and they had to look <laughs> And then we left. And that yeah. might be the greatest sentence I've ever heard. And for the record, yeah. and for the record, I know this is an audio-only podcast, but Ben is a champion. He is huge. He's a bodybuilder. In fact, he would. We were texting each other, and he would send me like the punch emoji, which looked to be possibly like the pound. Oh, like oh he was giving that's why you have a black eye. Yeah. Well, every yeah. time he did it, I would flinch like a little bitch. Like, I'm so scared. I didn't even know what was I, happening. Two for flinching. Well, listen, I'm just establishing my dominance early on with you. So. <laughs> it is so intense. These two are amazing. Griff, I think you had a right, uh, question for the yeah, here. Uh, I got one for you. So you guys had a, a show, Neighbors with Benefits. Uh, it only aired two episodes in the U.S., which was a shame. Um, where can anyone listen uh, to see this and get more of Team Hartman? Man, the show. So the show aired all over the world. It uh, aired all over the world for like the last three years. Multiple um, times. Multiple yeah. times. We've been contacted incessantly from the U.K. to Brazil to Canada to Israel um, all, all over the place by people, all over the, the world that send us creepy videos or just nice <laughs> messages. No, all kinds real, of stuff. we get dick pics and was like, actually, I meant to ask, yeah. what I are meant, we going to do? I mean, I want to apologize like, about that. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I meant to ask, did you get our dick pics? <laughs> you probably can't say, we really got to zoom in. We're Irish, most of us. Yeah, no, I know. Hey, I, <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, so, uh, <laughs> It's so dick funny. Pics, yeah. So, so yeah. So in terms of finding the show, the show is nowhere to be found online. We've tried. Not uh, in the U.S. We have seen so it. Fun. We've had access to it, but that's nothing that's public. Um, there's a ton of YouTube clips. There's a ton of websites and things that have information. In terms of finding us, we're very open on social media. We can be found on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've had some YouTube stuff in the past. It hasn't been a priority in recent history just with our business and kind of the marketing channels that we've used for that. Um, but we're an open book. We get con- not just contacted with creepy dick pics, but people legitimately will contact us from all over the country and say, listen, we've always thought about this. 
We didn't know that couples like you guys existed. You've inspired us to have, you know, dialogue about this sort of thing. Do you have any advice on X, Y, Z? And these are random people that are reaching out uh, and, and it's pretty cool. It's flattering. It's very flattering. I don't know if you guys have anything else. Uh, My last question is um, if you're not stuck in any kind of routine and you are open to uh, bringing new couples, uh, who, who actually makes the cut? Who is, say you're at a party and there's a guy who just like shuffled a Cheeto out of his belly button. Do you have to have sex with that guy? Or can you sort of veer <laughs> off and do your own thing and make sure that who you're having sex with is who you want to have sex with? Yeah, that's take one for a team. Take that's one for the that's team. what oh, we that's just talked take about. One for the team. Yeah. So, and that's why people play alone sometimes. Yeah. Though, so they well, then, Ben, my question is for you. That's what they say, Sean, go the fuck home. Uh, fiance, come with us. Yeah, what would you do? Would you give me like a calendar to make sure all the days are in, like a coloring book so I could just hang out <laughs> in the corner? While Listen, I- if you wanted to watch, <laughs> if you wanted to be the creep and jerk off in the corner, <laughs> just keep it away from me. Don't aim in my direction. That's creepy. <laughs> I call that Thursday. So it, the lifestyle is funny because you know I mentioned like the polyamor thing. There's a whole spectrum of people that have uh, what's called hot wife or cuck fantasies mm-hmm. or the solo stuff, and it all kind of blends together. Um, so you'll see people that they kind of swing, but they kind of just play alone. And you'll see people that they kind of swing, but they also kind of mm-hmm. want to fall in love with other people. And and everybody's a little bit different. Um, I would say a large majority in the in the center of that bell curve in the lifestyle is people that generally don't take one for the team. And so that's why when they find somebody that they like that's willing to hook up, they jump at the chance. Yeah. Ben, Deidre, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for coming on and being so honest with us. You guys got five more minutes to hang out with us and play Factor Fucked? Well, yeah. Hell yeah, whatever you, whatever you want. Yeah. They're in. Here we go. Hey. Fact or fucked, we're going to start with you, Griff. Griff starts off O for O. Number one, a U.S. state where the two major political parties have similar levels of support among voters is known as a swing state. Fact or fucked? Fact. I'm going to say fact. Yeah, fact. Ohio's yeah, that's a fact. fact. It that's is. a fact well for done sure. <laughs> now you're going to play Steve. Steve. Oh, jeez. The Brilliant. swing set was invented in 1895 by Malcolm Swingstride, who was originally <laughs> used to entertain sick or disabled children while hospital staff was making their beds. That name sounds made up, so I'm going to say fucked. Fucked. <laughs> what do you guys think? It's fucking Swingstride. It, it, the stride <laughs> part was killing me. It's like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, what do you think? Fucked? I say fucked. Yeah, fuck it. Fucked fuck it. it is well done. Also, yeah. if they're <laughs> sick or injured, they shouldn't be on a fucking swing set. They start to get yeah. harder. They're not like, wee, we're on the swing set. <laughs> Pat, answer first. Like waving his dick around all of it. Griff's over here swinging his dick. <laughs> Griff's- That's all about, all about the camera, right? K7s. K7s. Come baby. K7s. Come baby. Come was the first track on his debut album, Swing Bada Swing. Come baby. Come baby. Baby. Come. Come. There it is. That is fact. Fact. What do you guys say? You. Fact. Fact. It is. Oh, I'm getting. You're getting. (laughs) You suck tonight. Oh, you should go to a swingers club, Sean. You're getting fucked. (laughs) I'm afraid to say anything. Griff, are you ready? In the 1996 movie Swingers, 
Trent, played by Vince Vaughn, drives a car with license plate THX1138, which is a nod to George Lucas's directorial debut. Fact or fuck? Fact. I don't know. Go for it. Pick one. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Fact. Let's go fact. That is fact. Well done, guys. I, I knew you guys that are killing too. it. Three more and we'll let you go, I promise. I'm Steve. So money, I don't oh, even know it. Oh, boy. Steve. Though nice. most believe swing for the fences is believed to have its origin in baseball, the phrase dictates a motion of using a spike maul or a hammer to pound railroad spikes into train rails oh, that, man. when in rows, are referred to as fences. Oh boy! Ah, uh, I don't want to fuck it up. We got a perfect, perfect record going on tonight. <laughs> Tell Meryl to swing away. Uh, I want to. Sw- <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> also, swingers. I'm just gonna. I'm hey. just gonna say fact. Fact. Oh. What do you guys think? Swing, swing for the fences, and you're, a railroad is a row called fences. Jesus. This is a good one. Uh, it sounds legit. Let's fact it. Fact? That's fucked, guys. I made that up. Oh, there it goes. Oh, you this blew is the it, worst dude. fucking podcast we've ever done. <laughs> you, you know what, Ben? You're right. Me too. <laughs> Two more to let you go. Pat. Are we on Pat? Is that what you were? <laughs> yeah, why is there two more? I don't know. Benny Goodman. An American jazz clarinetist. I already know where you're going. And band leader. He was the one who earned the nickname King of Swing in 1936. 100% fact, fact. Fact. Guys, what do you say? It was either it was either a dancer or it was a jazz. You said a jazz singer? Is that what you said? Uh, he was a jazz clarinetist, actually. And a band leader. And a band leader. So he was a band musician. Leader. King of Swing. King of Swing. With King of Swing. Let's Yeah. What? But I'm thinking swing dance. Oh. Why would oh, be no. that? Oh. Fucked. Let's go oh. fucked. Yeah. That is a fact, everybody. Oh. <laughs> well done, fact. fact first. Last yeah. one, and we will let you go. Thanks. <laughs> the popular swing dance song, Jitterbug, actually refers you do the jitterbug. to a menacing insect popular in the 1920s that infected wheat, flour, and vegetation in the southern states and were responsible for over 45,000 deaths nationwide. That sounds <laughs> about right, because most like I nursery it, rhymes yeah, I think are it's like a fact. That. All right, I'm going to go with... Uh, ooh, I'm going to go with fucked on that. Oi, oi, oi. I say fucked. Yeah, fucked. Fuck it. No. What's it, what did <laughs> you guys come up with? <laughs> I think you said fucked, right? Fucked? Yeah, fucked. Fucked. Fucked it is. You Damn guys it. are absolutely They're fantastic. <laughs> Big thank you to Dr. Jennifer Sinsky for sending in those recordings. And don't forget to get her book on swinging in America. Love, sex, and marriage in the 21st century. Huge thank you to Ben and Deidre Hartman for being so open and honest with us. Thanks, guys. You can see these two and so answer cool. they answer your burning questions all over the YouTube channel. And if you're looking for an effective FDA-approved and affordable sports nutrition supplements. Visit MN Takeover. That's WWMN. That is MaryNancyTakeover.com. And pick those up today. Guys, do you want to say goodbye to everyone who loves you? Had a blast, guys. Thanks so much for having us on. We are flattered and honored that we were uh, even considered for something like this. We hope uh, that we answered everybody's burning questions. Um, 
Yeah. Hit us up if you ever need us back. It's been a pleasure. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Thanks, guys. You're Would awesome. you like to say goodbye, Pat? So hey, fun. goodbye, guys. Thank you very much. Don't wake the kids. Steve, say goodbye. I'm going to defer my goodbye on to Pat. Pat, I know say he's goodbye. Say goodnight, ladies. <laughs> yeah, there it is. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at WeekendSuperheroes.com. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Weekend Superheroes. Keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter. And, guys, always remember to, to podcast, podcast responsibly. responsibly.